they say so that it causes your teeth to bleed. When you, if you brush up and down, it'll, it may cause your gums to bleed. On this same point, <coughs> Sheikh Muhammad ibn Ali ibn Adam al Ethiopi, he said in his explanation of An Nasai, al Zakhirat al Uqba, he took a different view there. So he said, with regard to the issue of using the tooth the two, the two stick sideways only upon the teeth. So he mentioned upon the points of benefit of this hadith, he said, the legislation of using the tooth stick tulan from front to back, meaning backwards and forwards upon the tongue. And likewise, it is recommended to use it sideways as well. I mean, even on the tongue, it's recommended also to use it sideways. In accordance with the hadith, Yashusu Fahu, the hadith that we had last week, uh, he would clean his mouth with the tooth stick. He said, because from the meanings of Ashus is to clean and to wash. So that covers doing it back to front and doing it sideways as well. It covers doing it up and down, it covers doing it sideways. Both <coughs> of these are covered by that term. Then he said, and the same applies to the teeth. It's recommended that he does them up and down and side to side. Both. And then he mentions the evidence for those who say, no, the teeth should be only done sideways, not up and down. He said, as for the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, that she said, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa used to use the tooth stick horizontally, sideways. And he would not use the tooth stick up and down. Then it was reported by Abu Nu'aym, and its chain of narration contains Abdullah ibn Hukayn, who is Matruq, abandoned. He goes into some discussion about that weakness of that hadith, and another hadith in that regard that's also weak as well. So he, in other words, he took the view that there's nothing authentic to limit using the two stick to being sideways upon the teeth. And that rather from, the, from cleaning, is it using it so up and down, sideways, all the same, upon the teeth and upon the tongue. All the time. As for the second point of benefit, then again, Al-Hafid ibn Hajjah said in Fatul Bari, it shows emphasis upon the use of the siwak, the tooth stick, and that it is not specific to the teeth. It's not restricted to just using it upon the teeth. And that it is a case of cleaning making clean it is not a case of removing dirty things and what he's indicating here is the issue of some of the people of knowledge and they bring another issue into it which is which hand should you use for the miswak which hand is it better for you to use the miswak with your right hand or your left hand and they base that the difference is based upon the fact when you're cleaning your teeth what are you doing are, are you cleaning, purifying and cleaning in which case we would assume that it's better therefore to use the right hand for purification or are you removing dirt from your teeth well normally removing dirty things is done with the left hand 
So that's why Al-Hafid bin Hajj, he makes the point here, just to re- repeat the point, he said, using this hadith as evidence in that matter, he said, it shows emphasis upon use of the tooth stick, and that it is not specific to just the teeth, and that it is a case of cleaning, tanrif, making clean. It is not a case of removing dirty things. Because of the fact that he, sallallahu alayhi wa did not keep it hidden. And they mention as a chapter heading for this narration, the imam, the ruler, using the tooth stick in the presence of his subjects. You know, Hafidh ibn Hajar is using the fact here that the Prophet used the tooth stick in the presence of his companions. And when they entered upon him, he still carried on using it. So this is an indication that it's a matter of purification, something good, something cleansing, and is not a matter of removal of harm or dirt, which is something that would, we'd assume would be normally be done privately and kept private. So therefore he took from that that this is a case that is a matter of cleaning. <coughs> As for the third point of benefit, then Shaykh Abdullah al-Bassam, rahimahullah, he said in his explanation of Umdatul Ahkam, Taysirul Allam, he said, this hadith shows the legislation of exerting in using the tooth stick because exerting in that brings about complete cleaning. As indicated, indicated by the Sadiq, by the fact that the Prophet he was putting the tooth stick right to the back of his tongue. And as for the fourth point of benefit, that Sheikh Muhammad ibn Ali ibn Adam of Ethiopia said in his explanation of al Nasai that it shows the permissibility of using the tooth stick in the presence of other people. As for the next hadith, hadith 1210, وَعَنْ عَائِشَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَالْ السِّوَاكُ مَطْحَرَةٌ لِلْقَمْ مَرْضَاتٌ لِلْرَبِّ رَوَاهُ النَّسَائِ وَابْنُ خُزَيْمَ فِي صَحِيحِهِ and from Aisha radiallahu anha that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said the tooth stick is a means of purifying the mouth a means of pleasing the Lord reported by al-Nasai and Ibn Khuzayma in his Sahih with authentic Sahih chains of narration. As a side point here, in some of the versions of Riyadh al-Salihin, there's the addition here, the addition edition of Shaykh al-Dani, it's not here, but in some of the editions it, it is here, the addition that Imam Nawi continued here and said, وَذَكَرَ الْبُخَارِيُّ رَحِمْهُ اللَّهِ فِي صَحِيحِهِ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ تَعْلِيكًا بِسِيغَةِ جَزْمٍ so this edition that occurs in some of the editions of Riyadh al a number of them, 
that Imam Nawi continued after mentioning this hadith and said, and Al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, mentioned this hadith in his Sahih, in ta'liq form, in disconnected form, without quoting the start of the chain of narration, mentioning it with certainty, saying, and Aisha, radiallahu anha, said, and then he mentioned it. In other words, that Imam Bukhari quoted this hadith in a chapter heading. He didn't rate it with a chain of narration, he just brought the hadith and said, Aisha said. Quoting it with definiteness, that she, she definitely said this. It's confirmed that she said this. As for who reports this hadith, then firstly, as we just heard, Al-Bukhari brings it in disconnected form, in, in the chapter heading, not in the main body of his book. He brings it in Kitab al-Siyam, the book of fasting, chapter 27, using the fresh and the dry tooth stick for the person who is fasting. Also reported, just as Imam al said, reported by al-Nasai in his Sunan, in the book of purification. Chapter 5, encouragement upon using the tooth stick. Hadith number 5. Also reported by others, reported by Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, by Imam al-Shafi'i in his Musnad and his, in his famous work Al-Um, reported by Ishaq ibn Rahway in his Musnad, reported by Al-Bayhaqi, Al-Darimi, Rabbi Shaiba, Ibn Khuzayma, as mentioned by Imam Nawi here, Ibn Khuzayma in his Sahih, Ibn Hibban, and by Al-Bahwi in Sharh al-Sunnah. And as for the authenticity of this hadith, then Shaykh al-Albani said, in his checking of al-Nasai, the hadith is Sahih, authentic. As for some of the words and phrases in the hadith to make, to make a mention of, then firstly, Matharatun lil-Fan, a means of purifying, that the siwak using the tooth stick is a means of purifying the mouth. Then As-Suyuti said, in his explanation of Al-Bukhari at Tawshikh, his very brief explanation of Al-Bukhari, he said, Matharatun lil-Fan, it means a tool with which to clean it from, dis- from disagreeable odours. The siwak is a matharatun lil-fam, purification for the mouth, meaning a tool to clean it from disagreeable odours. Likewise, Shaykh al-Albani said in his abridgment of al-Bukhari, meaning a means to purify the mouth. As for the phrase, marabatun lil-rabb, a means of pleasing the Lord, then Shaykh al-Rabani said, again in his abridgment of al-Bukhari, a means to the pleasure of the Lord. And with regard to, obviously, the term Ar-Rabb, the name of Allah, the Most High, Ar-Rabb, the Lord, then Shaykh Muhammad ibn Ali ibn Adam al-Ethiopi said in his explanation of al-Nasai, mentioned a point that some of the scholars point out the meaning of the word Rabb sometimes it's good as a reminder that we understand the meaning of the word Rabb the Lord in the Arabic language so he said 
الرب the Lord the Lord and the nurturer he is Allah the mighty and majestic and the term الرب the Lord in the language is used to apply to al-Malik the owner so he describes in Arabic language the use of this term Rabb Lord so he said it's used to refer to al-Malik an owner al-Sayyid a master al-Mudabbir one who controls and manages al-Murabbi one who nurtures something and al-Qayyim one who manages one who is in charge of and manages and al-Munaqim one who bestows favor some of the people knowledge when they explain this they say that all of these means of course they apply apply to Allah the Most High with regard to his name Ar-Rabb and he said and it is not used without being ascribed except for Allah I mean just the term the Lord not being ascribed Lord of something Lord of such and such then if it's not ascribed to something else then it is not used except for Allah the mighty and majestic and if it is attached and ascribed to something else then it is used in the form of Rabb the Lord of such and such being the master of the owner of such and such then that term Rabb can be used as a Rabbul Bayt the master of the house or such, such and such in, in that sense it can be used for other than Allah but our Rabb Lord which is not which is unrestricted can only be used for Allah the most high as for some of the points of benefit that can be taken from the hadith then amongst them are the following five points of benefit firstly that which Imam al-Nasai quoted as a chapter heading for the hadith in his sunan which was at Taraghib al-Siwak encouragement to use the tooth stick secondly the second point of benefit that which the explainer Sheikh al-Ethiopi said in his explanation of Al-Nasai of the Khairat al-Uqba he said that the siwak, the tooth stick purifies the mouth so it rectifies the person so that he can hold conversation with his Lord he the Most High or rather he said so that he can hold conversation with Allah the Most High and so that he can recite his speech and so that the angels can draw close to him because they love cleanness and they are harmed by that which harms the children of Adam as is authentic in the hadith so therefore it is befitting that a person is eager upon this tremendous booty as for the third point of benefit and again Sheikh al-Ethiopi said in his explanation of Nasai he said that it is a means to gain the pleasure of Allah the Most High so it is upon the servant that he should be constant 
upon that wherein lies the pleasure of his Lord, the mighty and majestic. For his pleasure is the highest goal. As for the fourth point of benefit, then again, Sheikh Muhammad ibn, Adam ibn, Muhammad ibn Ali ibn Adam of Ethiopia said in his explanation of Masai, the point of benefit can be taken from it, which is that it is recommended to use the tooth stick in the right hand, because it is a case of tahara, purification. And it is authentic from Aisha radiallahu anha that she said the right hand of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to be used for his purification and for his food and his left hand used to be used for his toilet and whatever was whatever contained removal of harm and this is a matter where the scholars disagreed in regard to the tooth stick so what should you use your, is it better to use your right hand or your left hand so this is a matter where the scholars disagreed as was mentioned by Al-Hafidh Al-Iraqi in Tarh Tathrib and he, meant, he mentions the, what he, he said there and mentions the disagreement and at the end of it the Sheikh said and what is correct in my view is that it is a case of purification and making pure because the hadith of the chapter in this hadith here clearly shows this in the clear statement of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it's a purification for the mouth something which brings about the pleasure of the Lord as for the fifth point of benefit than that which Ibn Hadban quoted as a chapter heading for the hadith which is Ithbatu Ridallahi Azza wa Jal Lil Mutasawwik Affirmation of the pleasure of Allah the mighty and majestic for the person who uses the tooth stick and just to finish off Somebody made a suggestion that perhaps we could read from the work of Ibn Qayyim with regard to the Siwak, what is commonly known as the, the Book of Prophetic Medicine by Ibn Qayyim, which is, which is just a part of his book, Zad al Ma'ad, volume 4 of his five volume book, Zad al Ma'ad, where he deals with matters of prophetic medicine. So we'll, we'll read what he, he brings, Imam Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, what he brings with regard to the Siwak, and then we'll close, close with that, inshallah. So, Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he said, as it goes here, volume 4, page 322, he said, with regard to the siwa, the tooth stick, he said there occurs in the two sahihs from him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لو لا أن أشق على أمتي لأمرتهم بالسواك عند كل صلاة occurs in the two sahihs from him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that he said, if it were not for fear of causing difficulty for my nation, for my, for my nation, I would have commanded them to use the tooth stick. 
with every prayer. He said, and they both, meaning al-Bukhari and Muslim, they both report that he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when he got up during the night, he would brush his mouth with the tooth stick. And there occurs in the Sahih of al-Bukhari, in disconnected form from him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as-siwaku matharatun lil-fam, marbatun lil-rabb, the tooth stick, is a means of purifying the mouth, a means of pleasing the Lord. And there occurs in Sahih Muslim that he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he entered his house, when he entered his house, he would begin with the siwak, with the tooth stick. And the ahadith in that regard are many. And it is, it is authentic from him. In a hadith that he used the siwak, the tooth stick, whilst he was dying. That he then used the tooth stick of Abdurrahman ibn Abi Bakr. A hadith reported by al-Bukhari. And it is authentic from him that he said, Aktartu alaykum fi siwak. Hadith reported by al-Bukhari. I have spoken to you a great deal with about the tooth stick. Then Imam Ibn al-Qayyim continued and commented, gave some advice with regard to the use of the two-stick. He said, <coughs> the most suitable tooth-stick is that which is from the wood of the Arak tree. The Arak tree, the two-stick tree, and its like. And it is not befitting that it should be taken from a tree which is unknown. You take it from a tree, you don't, you don't know what the tree is, you break a branch off and kill your teeth with it. It is not befitting. Because perhaps it can be poisonous. He said, and it is befitting that a person should be moderate in using it. For if he uses it too much, it may remove the beauty of his teeth and their polish. And it may actually then prepare them to accept gases which rise from the stomach and to accept dirt. However, when a person uses it with moderation, it will cause the teeth to shine and it will make their roots strong and it will freshen the tongue and it will prevent al-hafar, plaque or decay. And it will purify the breath and cleanse the brain and bring about desire for food. And the best way to use it is if it is soaked in, ro in rose water. And from the most beneficial forms of, uh, of, of it, I mean, the most beneficial types of tooth stick are the roots of the jowls, the roots of the walnut tree, the roots of the nut tree, or wonk, walnut tree. The author of Atesir said, if a person uses that as a tooth stick, I mean the roots of the walnut tree, if he uses that every five days, it will clear his head and purify his senses and sharpen the brain. 
and there are a number of benefits for using the tooth stick it purifies the mouth it strengthens the gums it prevents phlegm it clears the sight it removes plaque or decay it rectifies the stomach it clears the voice it helps in the digestion of food it clears the voice it strengthens the person's recitation of the Quran and remembrance and prayer it repels sleep and it pleases the Lord and it pleases the angels and it increases good deeds then he said it is recommended at every time and it is more emphasized along with the prayer and the wudu and when waking up from sleep and when the mouth has altered when the odor of the mouth has altered and it is recommended for a person who is not fasting and for a person who is fasting at every time because the ahadith about it are general and the person who is fasting has a need for it and because it is a means to please the Lord and pleasing him is, desire, is desirable even more when a person is fasting than when he is not fasting and because it purifies the mouth and the person who is fasting, purifying himself is one of his best deeds <coughs> and then he goes into a discussion as we heard that one of the famous scholars he held that a person in the last half of the day if he is fasting that after, after, in the afternoon he, sh he should not clean his mouth with the tooth stick because then he'll be removing that smell which is described as being pleasing to Allah the Most High so Ibn Qayyim here he refutes that and he says and there occurs in the Sunan from Amir ibn Rabi'ah radiallahu anhu who said I saw Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam more times than I can count using the tooth stick whilst he was fasting however in a footnote here they mention this is reported by Abu Dawood and Ahmad and its chain of narration contains Asim ibn Ubaidillah who is weak Al-Bukhari brings it in a chapter heading in disconnected form with a wording indicating that it could be weak then he said and Al-Bukhari said Ibn Umar said a person may use the tooth stick at the beginning of the day and the end of the day and he said and the people are agreed that a person is fasting he needs to wash his mouth as an obligation and as a recommendation and washing the mouth is more severe than using the tooth stick and Allah does not desire that the people seek closeness to him through disagreeable odours and that means just having a disagreeable odour upon the 
in the mouth, that is not a type of thing legislated to worship him with. Rather, he just mentioned that the goodness of the smell of the person who is fasting, his, the smell of the changed smell upon his breath, is something good with Allah. That is all that's mentioned. It will be good with Allah on the day of resurrection. And this is an encouragement upon fasting. It is not an encouragement upon leaving that smell upon the breath. Rather, the fasting person has a greater need of using the tooth stick than a person who is not fasting. And he carries on, he mentions other aspects, why there's no need for the fact that, as is authentic, that the person who, who fasts and his, the, his odour changes, that this is something, something good with Allah, there's no need that that, need, uh, that person leaves that smell upon his breath. There's no need, no need for that. But rather, no doubt, that smell on the day of resurrection will be pleasing to Allah. It'll be something good with Allah. Just the same as a person who is wounded in Allah's cause. That on the day of resurrection, his wound will have a smell with Allah purer than musk. But it doesn't mean that you don't deal with the wound. And he mentions other aspects to show that there's no need, therefore, to say that you're not, you shouldn't clean your mouth with the stick in the second half of the day when you're fasting. Alhamdulillah, sallallahu alayhi wa Muhammad. Subhanallah, Muhammad, Ashhadu Allah, Ilaha, 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 Ilaha,